Welcome to the Swim Swam Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today, we have three esteemed guests. We've got Neil Harper, head coach of the University of Arkansas. We've got Vanessa Herman, senior at Arkansas. And we've got Anna Hopkin, one of the most decorated athletes in Arkansas swim history. Hello, everyone. How's it going? Good. Good to be on. Yeah, all good. Yeah, doing pretty good. <laughs> everyone on. Uh, we're going to cover a myriad of swimming related topics today. First off, um, Arkansas is just coming off the Tennessee invite. Neil, let's start with you. Um, wh- what would you make of this weekend in the Razorbacks performance? Really happy. I think this is something we, uh, after watching great stuff this summer, being inspired, obviously, uh, Anna was involved in Olympic success and Vanessa, you know, swimming at wave two U.S. trials. Um, after that's all over, then you start to plan for the next year. And uh, we got together with our leaders uh, and our group and really did some soul searching and talked about what do we do to, to be better next year, even better. So um, one of the things was to, to continue over the summer, have a great fall, and, uh, and try to see if we can get as many qualified uh, at the Tennessee invite. The reason we went there is it's a fast pool, uh, but also SECs is going to be there in February. So uh, we've got a, we've got a, a young team, uh, and it was good experience for them to go and see how it was and, and how they performed uh, so that when they go back there in the winter, uh, they're, they're kind of ready to go and they're familiar. So very happy. Uh, I think we, we've got at least four that have made it to NCAs already. Uh, we broke in three school records. We've got uh, relays that are in, in the mix, uh, ranked top 10. So the ladies did well. The atmosphere was great. And, uh, we're sort of back uh, refocusing U.S. Open next week. Um, and then obviously, you know, Thanksgiving break, U.S. Open, and then uh, on to finals and then uh, getting a break and then on to next, next year. Yeah. Vanessa, what was your take on the weekend, um, especially just how do, you, how do you feel about your own racing and about the team's racing? Yeah, it was a very good weekend overall. Um, it was very nice to be able to compete in that pool. It's a very different atmosphere. I've never been to that pool. Um, so it was very fun for me to be able to get involved in a new environment and kind of figure out my kind of what I need to do for my races. And then I think the team did amazing. It's been an amazing year so far. We've come so far from the summer, we put a lot of work in, We've just kind of been grinding throughout the summer, having a lot of fun while doing it too. And, and then switching gears a little, Anna, you've been racing overseas uh, in the ISL first in Naples, obviously in the regular season and now in Eindhoven. Um, get, can you give us a report from Eindhoven? How, how has the postseason been going for you so far? Yeah, it's going well. It's obviously been like a different start to the season than usual. Obviously coming off Olympics, a lot of people would take quite a long break, whereas we were kind of straight into ISL and um, sort of trying to race off not loads of training after Olympics. And so that was quite a different experience. And then going back after Naples and getting a really good training block in and then coming to Eindhoven, it's almost a different 
challenge trying to race fast when you've just done a hard block of training so it's definitely been just about building through each match and trying to get used to racing again and improving sort of tactics and um I've gotten quick reach race which I think is the main goal really and obviously I think being on DC it was a big sort of goal of ours to actually make it to Eindhoven which we obviously did and we won the the final death match in Naples which was a pretty big thing for us and that was an incredible achievement and the atmosphere was amazing and so I think we've all as a team come into Eindhoven definitely as the underdogs but it's kind of just given us a bit of freedom to just just see what we can do really. Um, I feel like a lot of people have made this comparison but I'm curious on your take on it. Um, what do you feel like you gained from racing in the college system and the NCAA system um, that carries over into ISL, you know, obviously the ISL format kind of gets compared to that dual meet format. Do you feel like that was applicable for you heading into the ISL? Yeah. I mean, I guess the college system, it gives you that multiple race experience in sort of a two hour session, which is quite tough. Um, and ISL is pretty tough too, having back-to-back races and especially the skins, which I'm not sure I'll ever be the best at but it's good (laughs) and um hopefully the more I do it the better I get but being kind of a all-out sprinter having that sort of multiple 50s with barely any rest in between is pretty tough but I think the college experience all the dual meets and racing when I'm tired has definitely given me sort of I guess it's prepared me quite well for this and Anna can you recall a the toughest race you've ever swam in a dual meet probably the 200 free just because I don't really like it but (laughs) Neil would make me do it and I think I didn't mind the two free when I was like tapered and feeling fresh but doing it at a dual meet when you're tired and you're just in your regular swimsuit it it is tough it's a hard it's a hard race Vanessa same question (laughs) What what is the toughest race you swim at dual meets um, I probably have to say 200 breaststroke, um, mainly because it's in the middle of the meet. And so usually we'll have like a slight dive break. So you come off like a 10 minute break and you have to get back in and do a 200, which is a little hard to do coming off of like the 100 breaststroke. Cause it's a little different component. You have to be a little bit more longer and you have to think of race strategy is a little bit different with the 200. So that is probably the hardest one for me. Neil, from your perspective as a coach, what, what do you think the toughest race to, you know, race well in season at a dual meet is? I think as, as a backstroker in college, I always used to say that the 200 back was a killer. But as in all my years in coaching, I've realized that for freestylers, you know, the two or the five is a killer, you know, and and then for the breaststrokers, the 200 breast, you know, for the IMers, the 400 IM, for the flyers, the 200 fly. So I think you can't really say because all those, all those strokers are good at that stroke, but the 200 or whatever distance it is just pushes them to the limit because in short course, you don't get to take a 50 off, you know, unless you're way ahead, you don't, you're racing. And I think that's the thing that you were, you know, alluding to earlier was that you know, it really, it really toughened Anna up coming out and, and, and being in dual meets where we, we needed her to step up and uh, we needed her to like go in the 200 free 
uh, unrested, hard week of weights and a hard week of training. And, and sometimes take it on, on the chin, you know, take it on the chin by, you know, someone that maybe wasn't as fast as her at the end of the year, but you know, that's the way it is. And uh, we did what we had to do. And, um, and in the end, it worked out just fine. So I, I had the pleasure of coming down to Fayetteville a week and a half ago, about maybe two weeks yeah. now um, in filming a practice. It was right before the Tennessee invite. I'm, I'm excited to get that out in the coming weeks uh, on, on swim swam. So stay tuned for that. But, you know, I got to see you guys train and uh, you guys were talking about this post Olympic year. You're figuring out how to get better, how to, how to move forward um, for you as a coach, Neil, um, you know, what, did you have any reflections or did you say, okay, maybe this is how we can do things different, not only coming off of the, the, uh, the Olympic games, but you know, just coming off of kind of the pandemic, right. Where we had this 18 month period of, of very, very different circumstances than we're used to. I think, you know, we, we realized that maybe getting some outside help with some team building, we had, uh, we had like, a, the Marines come in from the program and really push our uh, individuals and team is, is in a limit in areas where they were kind of destined to fail. Um, and we really learned a lot about ourselves and organization and communication and, and the team itself, that the coaches had to kind of sit back and watch. And it was really tough. And I think they realized after that, that like, God, if we can go through this, we can definitely go through a season. We can definitely go through a practice. And I think one of the things that we kind of reflect on, and, and one of the great things about today's podcast is that, You've got two, two individuals here that, for me, are two of the most coachable athletes and coachable swimmers I've coached. I've coached a lot of great swimmers, and I've been very fortunate for that. But one of the reasons that, you know, Anna, Anna probably came in and, and probably her best converted 200 free time was like 150, 151. And, it, and it, you know, before two years were up, before COVID hit, she went 142. And I think part of that, that became – she was open. She was like, what do you want me to do? Okay. I'll, I'll try to do that. You know? And I think for that, and, and then certainly for Vanessa, I mean, Vanessa came out of high school, you know, like 103 and 216, 217. And, and now she's going 59 low and 208 and, 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 and you know, Olympic trials. And I, and the credit to them is that you don't always get swimmers like this. You don't always get student athletes that are coachable that like, okay. I mean, Anna was on a fast track and she said, look, I've got two years. And she was coming off of Commonwealth Games where, you know, the Campbell sisters did really well and there was a big gap, but she was open. And instead of being a diva, I mean, she was just open to like, okay, what can you do for me? And I'll, I'll try to do it. And so that's why these two have been, you know, uh, great examples to, to the Arkansas program is that, um, that they, they infused energy with people around them. And they were basically saying like, Hey, if, if, these, if this is good for them, then this is good for me. So, that's been the kind of thing that we've gone from is that if you, if you're lucky, you get to do four years of college. I mean, some are getting to do a fifth year now, um, but you get four years and it goes real quick. Um, and so unfortunately, you know, by the time Anna got over here, it was just a, a year and a half, but she, she achieved some amazing things and it vaulted her into you know, world championships and Olympic success. And so um, it helped, but with where we are this year, I think that's where we're at is that like, you know, you get one day, you get one practice. This is, you know, stay in your lane, focus on what you can do, motivate those around you. Um, you know, everyone get on each other's bus, cheer each other on 
and, and, and get the most out of today's practice. Let's not worry about tomorrow or what happened yesterday. And I think that's been a big thing for us going forward and, and why we're, we've been kind of um, positive and successful. Great answer, Neil. Thank you for that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Vanessa, you know, in that same vein, um, you came into Arkansas, obviously as a freshman, you've been there for a few seasons now. Um, Can you, can you kind of take us through that journey, especially coming off of the summer you had with going to Olympic trials um, and getting to experience a meet like that, which is pretty unique um, in terms of swimming competitions heading into this season? How do you feel like you've shifted and how do you feel like that team has shifted, especially since you arrived in Fayetteville? Yeah. So I'm from North Dakota and swimming isn't the biggest sport out there. So I was really coming to a very different atmosphere. I was very excited to come down here and join a team that Neil was really positive about from the moment I met him. He was like, okay, I want to create this team. I want some great athletes and when coach Anthony, who was the assistant coach at the time, was talking to Neil, he was like, hey, we really want to get this girl because she really gets down and works. And so I was extremely grateful for them to bring me down here and really transform me into the swimmer I am. Um, I'm very appreciative of my home coaches because they've got me to where I am now, too, just to help set me up for what I've been able to do. And Getting down, being able to come down here and train with this team has been amazing. Every day is a new opportunity and the coaches are always there willing to push us. And when I got my first trial cut, it was, I honestly didn't quite process that I did get my trial cut. Um, I was just a little bit out of it. Um, So that was a really exciting moment for me. And then I was just ready to keep training and get ready for trials. And then trials got pushed back. So then I was a little confused on what was going on there. Um, and then last season was a great season for me. I was really excited to just swim coming off of, you know, the whole COVID deal. I was swimming in a lake at home in the middle of April, which is really, really cold in North Dakota. Yeah. in North Dakota. (laughs) I was in a wetsuit in the only non-iced over lake possible so it was a bit of a cold experience but it was a lot of fun um and then I was just excited to race I kind of realized my love for swimming again because I kind of hit a weird point sophomore year I was just tired needed that I think COVID helped getting that little break so then I remember how much I loved the sport and how much I loved to race and when we went to at Des Moines, Iowa for US Open. And I got my second trials cut. And that's when they kind of did the wave one, wave two cuts. And so that's when I got my A cut, I think, or my wave one cut. I can't remember anymore. (laughs) But it was, I was just kind of on this roll. And that's the next week I hit my 208. And I was just kind of like, what is going on? Because I was just going out and having fun and racing. And that was just kind of my whole thought process of last year. It's just, I just got to go out, have fun, do what I love. And everything's been working out so far. Again, great answer. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you swam in a North Dakota lake, but that's, 
kudos kudos to you vanessa um so then anna uh you kind of talked about your post-olympic experience you know what you're doing with the isl now how you've kind of gotten right back into racing um so your time at arkansas again was was cut short um through because of COVID. And then I talked to you during the pandemic. Um, but you know, it was kind of Arkansas pandemic and then basically right to the Olympics. Um, can you talk about how that your shorter shortened time at Arkansas, um, kind of led you to the Olympic success you ended up having in Tokyo? Yeah. I mean, that whole, obviously, NCA has been cancelled experience and because I was obviously needed to get back home because at that point Olympic trials were potentially still going ahead I think we all kind of knew in the back of our minds that it probably wouldn't be but I obviously needed to get to the right country just in case that was my opportunity to make the Olympics so it was kind of a bit of a whirlwind a few days kind of NCA's getting cancelled and then booking flights home and packing up all my stuff from like the last year and a half and getting that all home and then kind of train for a week in Loughborough, which I think obviously had I finished my time at Arkansas, was hoping to obviously do Olympics 2020, then the plan would probably have been to move to Loughborough post-Olympics. But obviously with the pandemic, it was kind of like, I need to find somewhere to train now. And so there was that transition to Loughborough obviously than was planned, but um we pretty much went into lockdown very soon, like a week after I'd been training in Loughborough anyway, and then everything got cancelled and we were sort of making do with training at home. And I had an endless pool in my garden that I was training in, so um, probably not as cold as Vanessa's Lake. <laughs> Still a bit of a strange place to swim, but um, had that for a little while. And then I think the biggest challenge for me was obviously starting in a new programme um, sort of around May, June, which is usually quite an odd time to switch programs. And obviously then it was a year out from Olympics. It's also another bit of uncertainty as to changing programs at that point. But I think having Neil and my now coach Mel, who have a really great relationship and they have a very similar mindset. They're both very, um, very motivational, very positive, all about like athlete input and kind of getting a balance between what's needed and also what's like, what do I feel good doing and everything. So obviously Neil, I think Mel's idea was to have a lot of input from Neil um, in the initial program and then just gradually sort of transition it into what is her typical program. But obviously there's still a lot of influence from Neil's um, program in what I do now. And I still train short course yards quite a lot. We have a turning board that we put in uh, for me so I do still swim short course yards so there's still a lot of input from the US system which I think has been why I was able to be so successful at the Olympics because I was already I think I was already at that stage ready for 2020 um, and it was more about maintaining that for another year um, I was ready to go for trials I was ready to, get to go for NCAAs in 2020 and obviously all that got cancelled so it was just about resetting and trying to maintain that and then build on that into 2021, which obviously all worked out fine in the end. There's definitely a few bounds, but um, definitely the sort of communication from Neil and Mel together helped that a lot. Okay. That's fascinating. You train yards 
in at Loughborough. What, why is that? What, what, uh, what, you know, what inspired you to be like, you know what, I need to train yards. I think it was just more Mel, like obviously I'd been training yards my entire time at Arkansas. We trained yards until pretty much NCAAs and then we'd switch to long course. Um, and I think it was more just to keep the familiarity really of what I'd been doing. And also um, it worked quite well, like, like most of my group of guys. And so a lot of the time if I'm doing yards and they're doing meters short course, then it all kind of works out and we all like finish at the same times and I can <laughs> yards when they're doing meters and it kind of just makes the whole thing a bit more comparable, I guess. So that's, it's quite nice to be able to race them doing yards. And obviously I've done a lot of yards. So it's kind of second nature to me, really. What I'm also curious because like you said, you were with Neil for less than two years and then you were with Mel for less than two years before the Olympics. I'm guessing you had a coach prior to Neil. I mean, what was it like having, having two really quick turnarounds for coaches? Do you feel like you were able to soak in as much or do you feel like maybe in an ideal world you would have gotten a little more time with each one um I think over my swimming journey I've realized I'm very adaptable and I think ever since I started it doing my undergrad at Bath I think I've I pretty much changed coach every year at Bath because I started with one coach then I moved up a group then I went on placement to train a completely different club and then I went back to a coach I'd already had and then I moved to the US and then I moved to Loughborough and so there's been a lot of changes and I feel like I've adapted very well to each one but probably the most important part of it was just the communication with each individual coach and building a good relationship with each coach and so that like Neil still talks to my coach Dave who I trained with on placement year and Neil still talks to Mel and so there's still that communication between a lot of my coaches which has made all of my transitions pretty easy so I think that's probably the most important part is everyone just being transparent about everything. Makes a lot of sense it, I'm sure it helps that you're adaptable it's a lot of coaching changes though. <laughs> but, um... A lot of input though like you get a lot of um, <laughs> advice from different people so I've just taken like advice from all over and everyone's sort of given me different input which is great. I'm surprised you can intake and process all of that input, but that's, you know, obviously it has worked out in your favor, uh, Anna. So uh, Vanessa, I'm curious about your coaching change. Petra Martin is now on deck in Arkansas. Um, I, I'm, I'm curious as to what you've thought of her coaching style and the impact she's had uh, this season with your team. Well, I think Petra's great. Um, when... Neil introduced us to Petra. I was a little like, oh boy. I had growing up, we, our head coach was from France. And so I'm like, okay. I, her accent, like, kind of like gave me kind of, not want to say PTSD, but he, she reminded me a lot of our old coach. And so when she first said push ups, I was like, oh boy, she means business. <laughs> and so, I think Petra's great. She and I really hit it off. Um, we work well together. And anytime that I'm kind of in a rut or like, and just need to like, not feeling so great today. She's like, okay, let's adjust it. Let's keep going. Let's, you know, let's switch it up. Like, I think 
last week I didn't do a breaststroke for three days because I just it was not feeling great. So she was like, let's do some fly. Let's do some free. Um, we'll change it up because we know that works well for me. And um, she and I just have a really great connection. I've always had a really great connection with all my coaches. So it's important for me to have a good connection and just trust all of my coaches. Neil, same question. Um, you know, what do you feel like Petra has brought to, to the coaching deck? Um, again, I got to see her and you in action in Fayetteville. And um, my favorite part about her was that she recommended the grilled cheese restaurant. That was, uh, <laughs> that was mind blowing to me. Yeah. Yes. It was so good, but <laughs> back to swimming, Neil. Yeah. What do you feel like Petra has brought, um, especially for you as a head coach? Well, I think the thing is, it's trust. Um, I've known Petra for a long time. I, I remember when she swam at Maryland and I was the, the coach at Florida State. Uh, and you watch athletes and you see how they deal with their teammates and how inspirational they are. And, and then I followed her career of, of coaching, uh, you know, um, and obviously watched how she progressed and how she went from an assistant coach to a head coach. And anytime you have the opportunity to have a head coach as one of your assistants, and it's someone that you trust, um, you basically have two head coaches. And so I trust her and uh, she, you know, she will sometimes come out with some great suggestions. I'll throw some things at her. She'll like say, oh yeah, what do you think about this? And then we'll go backwards and forwards. And it's just finally, I think in coaching, uh, what, what, we, what we really need is trust and, and people that we know are gonna not just agree with us every, all the time. Uh, you know, obviously it's a, it's a moving piece. Um, and she comes in with all her years of experience as a, as a swimmer, uh, a swimmer that, you know, swam in Europe, swam at world championships, and then has coached at all the levels as well. So it's great. You know, we have only a women's program. So, um, you know, we need, we need all the help we can get in terms of coaches. And so the quality easily outweighs the quantity. And, uh, so we work well together. We have fun. We live in the same neighborhood, you know, her, her kids, uh, you know, Paige and I, you know, we, we go hang out with them. So uh, I think that's part of it is if you, know, you, you incorporate family into the business. And at the same time, you have someone that's not afraid to call you out or not afraid to bring up something, you know, from, well, you know, this is what we've done. Or I, I like to do in the past. What do you think? You know, and we just throw ideas and throw it against the wall and see what sticks. And, and I think that's, that's what's good is that, you know, at, at, at Arkansas this year, you know, we, we flip-flopped, uh, you know, we, we coached. Um, one week I would coach the uppers and she would coach the lowers and then we'd flip-flop the next week. And, and that way everyone gets to be coached by both of us. Um, and I think that like anything that I might miss, she'll catch and anything she might miss, I'll catch. And so we're pretty, uh, we're pretty tough, especially, um, you know, kind of a type people where we want things done a certain way. And I think, again, that's one of the things coming back to, you know, flattery is everything, but these two on here, when we made suggestions, when we made thoughts, they wanted to succeed so bad that they would be like, yes, these two come and came and watch video. I, I remember hours and hours of sitting down with Anna, just, uh, you know, with her schedule in graduate school. And we were able to just go over and watch her video, watch her race video, watch video that we took at practice that day and just make adjustments. And I think, you know, and Vanessa will always come by the coach's office here and say, hey, do you have the video from my race this past weekend? So when you have that, not only are they coachable, but they're, they are, they're like Anna now, a professional athlete. They, they put their, their, their trade first. Um, they both do really well in school. 
Um, and then everything else comes second to, to those things, you know, swimming and, and school. So um, I think that's the thing about having someone like Petra is that, like, you know, he, I, I know I can fully walk off the deck and go recruit and, and, the, and the program is in perfect hands. Um, and obviously we have been hitting the road recruiting and, and we've done real well. So um, things, are, things are good and we're having fun and we're having the success in the pool. So we'll keep moving. Again, great answer. Uh, <laughs> Vanessa, I want to go back to something you mentioned. You know, you, you said Petra didn't have you do breaststroke for three days, even though that's your primary stroke. You did some fly, you did some free. I felt like when I was there, um, there was, you guys did a lot of different things. Um, just within a single practice, there were all four strokes. There was a, a really high blend of just equipment strokes, doing sculling, doing kicking, swimming. Um, there's just kind of everything. Uh, so Vanessa, what do you find the, the value of that, of, of that variety in, in a day-to-day practices for you as a swimmer? Yeah. Um, so growing up, my club coaches always did a variety of different things. And so I was used to it. And when I came to Arkansas, all my coaches, I've just kind of told them, Hey, I can do anything. I like to mix it up. I can't do the same thing. Otherwise, I don't feel like it works well for me. Um, and so when Petra came in, she she knew that. I didn't even really have to tell her that. She just knew it. And she would just throw a set at me, and I'd be like, okay, let's go do it. And she'll mix it up with me every single day. And when you were here, I can't remember exactly what we were doing, but that's a normal afternoon practice for us where – we have multiple different things going on because it kind of keeps us a little bit more focused and we pay attention to things a little bit more better. And then she really likes to sometimes with brushstroke, she'll do a complete 180 and have us go and do something else and then come back. Cause with like underwaters and stuff, it's a little bit different. And I think that's one of my favorite things about Petra is like, she'll will, she will just, randomly switch up the set on you and you just have to pay attention and be focused. So that's, it's a lot of fun and it works out for me. Well, what I, what I will say is that, you know, Coleman, when you came, that was one of those where if, if, if you look at it, you're like, wow, this is chaos. <laughs> and, but it's organized chaos. We, we and the swimmers know what they're doing. And, and, and Anna can remember we typically, with COVID, we kind of separated the groups a little bit so that we had like, you know, 10 in each group and the uppers would lift first and then come down and swim. So an hour of lift and an hour and swim and the lowers would swim first and then go lift. Um, but typically on a day when we lift Monday, Wednesday, Friday afternoons, it's a power day. It's a resistance day. So we do throw the kitchen sink out and we will we'll do power racks. We'll get like parachutes out. We'll have like mitts. We'll have socks on we'll really deprive them of their feel or we'll really have a lot of resistance, whether it's parachutes or sponges um, and, and then take them off after they feel slow and, and they're really having to work it and then go off the blocks or do a last 25 and they feel great. So um, I can tell you that there were several of those days where, uh, you know, I, I, Anna didn't feel too good about wearing a sponge or, or having a parachute on or, or having a, a full rack uh, on the power rack and having to swim out. But, when we took that stuff off, they went fast and, and it was confidence and, and we carry that through. So I think that's one of the things about why we throw stuff at them is that they are adaptable. 
And I think if, you know, if you're a swimmer, you don't like just swimming up and down for two hours. You need variety. You need to be challenged. And, uh, you know, there's a method to the madness. And I think that they see the success and know that like, Hey, coming, coming from the weight room, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a little sore, but like if I translate that into good feel, good technique and going fast, then it all makes sense. I, I forget who it was, but there was a swimmer when I was there who had Anna's old sponge and she was frustrated <laughs> because it kept breaking. <laughs> well, there's a story to that. I think there are about four or five old sponges that's got Anna's name on it and uh, <laughs> mysteriously hold it up and say like, it's broken. Or, you know, there are several, uh, several sponges with A-E-H, her initials <laughs> And this one, I think Emily had it that day, and it was an AEH3, the prototype. And, uh, of course, you know, the, the slip knot slipped out, and uh, Anna used to pull that quite a bit. But I will say, when, when you shove, I remember being at NCAAs her, her first year at Austin, and uh, she was warming up, and, and, and the sponge was there. So it was kind of part of her, her putting herself together and, and making sure that she had a little bit of resistance and she had her technique and feel going. So... Those things live on and uh, we've gone on to some other stuff too, but those things are still around and uh, the legacy of, uh, of Anna lives on. <laughs> Anna cared a comment on having five sponges. <laughs> well, I feel like the more Neil added, the more it was likely to break because the string could just not <laughs> resist. So I'm glad it wasn't just me. Neil kept saying I was the one breaking it, but it's the sponges issue, not my issue. So. I've still got the original. So the, the original was always the best and still works. So. <laughs> She's still got her sponge from Arkansas. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and I have one last question for you. I am curious. Again, we talked about, you know, having all these different coaches, getting all this different input. How do you balance that for when you're in, in the thick of the ISL playoffs like you are right now, especially with one match left to go before the ISL final? Um how do you manage or how do you balance creating your own workouts versus having a coach write you workouts um, when you've only got three, four days between racing and racing? Yeah, I think I definitely found it quite hard in Naples. I mean, we had a bit more time in Naples between matches, but because we were coming straight off Olympics and obviously um, like Mel was still on holiday, a lot of coaches were still on holiday, a lot of athletes were still taking a break from Olympics and we were kind of just getting back into it and I didn't really know what I was doing I was kind of just turning up to sessions and asking around like what are you doing today kind of jumping with you guys and that worked really well and it was nice to kind of train with different people do different people's sessions just because I mean I was like fresh off a couple weeks break and so it was just nice to do different things but I think coming off Naples and having four weeks of solid training with Mel I thought it was quite important to just have a very structured program with Mel here. So she's been writing my sessions and I've been calling with her every week so she can kind of debrief after the match, see how I'm feeling. Like after match one, I wasn't super happy with how I swam. And so um, we just had a discussion about my training sessions the following week just to lighten it up a bit, uh, bring the gym down a bit, just sort of try and get a bit of that twitch back in training and add a bit of more fast stuff and so I think it's more important for me right now to just have that constant communication with my main coach obviously we have coaches on DC that can time and things but 
um since I'm kind of properly back into training now it's it's important for me to have that kind of stability of what I know makes total sense and that obviously uh, as we mentioned it seems like it's working for you so far Anna Neil Vanessa thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and talk with us today about Arkansas about swimming about Fayetteville uh, we've got just a couple minutes left. Any parting thoughts from anyone before we sign off today? Well, I, I wanted to say that, you know, what, 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 you, what you guys do and, and bringing things like this and, and uh, just interesting stuff, swimming, when, when, when you're within it, uh, it gets the perception of it's, fun, it's mundane, it's boring, it's tedious, it's, you know, um, same old routine. And, and as we're finding out, I think, uh, you know, it, it is what you make of it. And, uh, you know, so we're talking about, you know, Anna and, and, and she may be in the warm up pool at the Olympic Games or she may be warming down in between, you know, one day of ISL and the next day or whether it's Vanessa, you know, getting ready for the last day at the Tennessee invite or just, you know, the day that you came in, um, you know, you just have to go with it. And I think that part of it and, and for all those budding swimmers out there is that, you know, it, it, it is what you make of it. And, and you know, look at your glasses being half full rather than half empty. You know, it, it's, it's, you make of it what it is. And, uh, you know, if you do that, you'll enjoy the day that you're in, engage and uh, be positive around everyone. And I think that that's the thing to be learned here is that like, we, we, we take stuff too seriously. And I think that, you know, we, it's life and death. And, and uh, when you have fun with it, as these two young ladies have, have done, um, you, you can have a lot of fun and you can really do some amazing things. So that's all I would say is that like, you know, the fact that you're doing this now, hopefully a lot more people will know uh, a, a different side to Anna and a different side to Vanessa and, and watch them and watch the ISL and, and, and watch the NCAA championships and the SECs and, and know that, you know, we, we were all, all together, but now, you know, we're, we're going forward and we're going to just have fun doing it and, and just enjoy the sport we're in. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.